0: My name is Vishwanath. I also call myself Zen Rain Man. Uh, I'm a civil engineer and, uh, and an urban planner by qualification. Been working for the government of India for about 14 years. And uh, after that, have been trying to work on sustainable water and sanitation systems, and a bit on ecological architecture and groundwater management systems. That's all happening in the city of Bangalore in India. And uh, a lot of the work also happens in other states of India. We have a small company called Biome Solutions and that is the professional uh, ecological architectural firm which designs and implements earth architecture and earth buildings. And there is a Biome Trust which works with government schools in helping them access better water, sanitation and education.
1: So when I saw you speaking in, uh, in Amsterdam a month or so ago, you were talking about the work you've been doing in Bangalore with trying to get the city to look at its rooftops in, in a different way. Could you tell us a bit about that?
0: Uh, the city is a bit uh, uniquely placed in the Indian context. It sits on a ridgeline, so it's very far away from water uh, systems. So, water has to come from about a hundred kilometers and has to be pumped about 300 meters. <coughs> and similarly, food also has to start to move a long uh, distance and great heights to come in into the city. And uh, there's a physical ceiling to the water availability to the city, we can only draw 1,500 million liters per day from the river. And we've already drawn that. So, there is no more water in the river for us as a city. So the city has to look at alternatives, and one way to look at an alternative is to look at local resources, obviously, and rainwater harvesting was one way um, the city could start to supplement its water requirement. And what better place to start uh, rainwater harvesting than from the rooftops? So once you start looking at the rooftop of a city, you start to examine uh, many more possibilities and potentialities. Not only can it harvest rain, but it can also start to capture solar energy. Uh, Luckily, the city has the single largest number of solar water heaters for any city in India. So can we then start capturing solar energy for water heating, for cooking, and for lighting? That was obviously the next step. The third step was to see whether we could actually use the rooftop for uh, growing uh, uh, food for ourselves. And uh, since South Indians love a lot of paddy and rice, uh, one experiment was to start to grow rice on the rooftop to see how that would perform. And then to look at using treated wastewater and what we call ecological sanitation toilets, composting toilets, use the nutrients from the toilet to the rice paddy. The experiment turned out pretty well, so one has been trying to push that too in the overall system of designing and implementing smart rooms. Uh, What one found out, of course, was that the roof could also become an absorber of all the waste streams that come out from the house. Uh, be it the kitchen compost or be it from the toilets, the eco-san toilets or be it the grey water from the bathroom and that the paddy crop was excellently designed to do all that absorption and conversion to food and stock of course. So that's been a bit of the experiment around smart roofs for uh, smart cities.
1: So the, so the, So all of the toilet waste, liquid and solid from the house can be cycled through a rooftop paddy field?
0: completely what we figured out is that uh, the, the urine can be easily absorbed by the paddy almost on a daily basis so there's absolutely no surplus available and the solids can be composted for about 8 to 10 months or uh, slightly longer if n- necessary and that compost can also be added to the to the rice on the roof and everything is absorbed by the rice plants
1: and uh, and it doesn't uh, and it doesn't smell
0: well uh, Fantastically, uh, what it turns out is that if you're able to separate number one and two, then the smell quotient drops dramatically. And if you're able to cover it uh, well, especially the solids uh, with ash, for example, which comes from a, a biomass boiler or a cooker, which is there on a rooftop again, then there's no smell at all in the, from the loo.
1: Mm. And how does that work in kind of multiple occupancy buildings where you have a number of apartments in one block does it work can it work there too
0: That's the trickier part what one now realizes with the uh, experiment is that everybody deserves their piece of sky so in the Bangalore context you actually should have about 35 square meter of uh, roof area or land area or plot area and if you have that 35 square meter beaming up as it is to the sky then that patch of land or that patch of roof can then receive uh, the rainwater, it can receive solar energy, and so on and so forth. So, in a multi multi-story building, obviously, this starts to turn on its head. You do not have that much parcel of land for, uh, for you to live. And therefore, my questioning now, internally and as much with uh, friends and professionals, is should not cities uh, plan to be self-sufficient with... Uh, let's say, a right to land or a right to sky. And,
1: and, and so how, is the, how long have you been promoting this idea, and, and how has it been received? How has it taken uh, off?
0: Well, uh, for example, uh, rainwater harvesting, which has been one uh, signal, uh, signal uh, component, is now the law in this city. So there are more than 100,000 buildings. I have worked on the policy aspect of it, worked with the government on uh, setting up the bylaws for buildings. And we've got about 100,000 buildings uh, Doing rainwater harvesting in the city alone. As I said, solar water heater now is becoming uh, very common and it's done almost year. Everybody picks up uh, solar water heaters and installs it for themselves because it saves a lot of money on energy. The rooftop uh, uh, cultivation is now becoming quite popular, though people don't grow rice, it's, they find it a bit strange and a bit difficult to wrestle around the idea, but terrace gardening and what's called square foot gardening is exploding all across uh, Bangalore. And it's not me alone. There are many, many people who are involved as part of the movement, and they're doing wonderful work. And So so what's your sense of what
1: needs to happen in order to scale up the, the, the rice-growing part of it?
0: Well, the rice was just an example. It was sort of like a metaphor, because rice is seen as extremely water-intensive, and it was seen as a uh, If you're a water harvester or a water conserver, then it was automatically assumed that you would be against rice and that you would go for, let's say, local crops like millets or other things. But what one could show was that rice, A, did not need a lot of water, and B, was a very nice plant which could transform waste into uh, nutrients. Now, that idea is slowly but surely spreading. People love uh, the idea. So people don't necessarily grow only rice, but they do grow a whole bunch of things which can take care of wastewater on their uh, rooftops. And that's happens a lot.
1: And it must potentially open up potential for uh, for employment, for particularly for people who've moved to the city from the villages and who struggle to find work, but who bring those skills
0: with them? Absolutely. The construction sector is one of the greatest... Uh, employers of uh, unskilled uh, village workers in, in typical cities of India. And these village workers are not permanent migrants. Many of them are temporary migrants. They come during the non-agricultural season in the rural areas. When they come to the city and, for example, the rice on the roof was such a uh, nice thing that they liked that they almost participated for free, but that's at one level. However with their skills of gardening, with their ability to take care of plants and vegetables, urban gardening and urban rooftop uh, cultivation would potentially be of great uh, help to them for employment.
1: And what does, <clears throat> what does this project teach us and your work teach us about what we conventionally, what our city authorities would conventionally think of as resources and actually, what with a more imaginative approach, we could think of as resources.
0: So far, the city authorities uh, in India, perhaps histo- due to historical reasons, have seen themselves as providers of uh, of services and products. So the city utility looks at itself as providing water and providing the sanitation services to take it up, uh, take it away. Now, I think there must and surely there will be a slow shift to where they see people providing it for themselves and they being just managers and making sure that things are all right and there's no negative externality. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot of dialogue and a lot of convincing to do that and uh, city utilities and city governments are generally a bit suspicious about it. And at scales when it's below the radar they don't see it as uh, threatening. Uh, but one has to wait and see how this dialogue will develop.
1: And. Um, um from outside India, it, it it seems like the sort of uh, the rush, the push for uh, for economic growth means that concerns about the environment or concerns about climate change are, are really at the bottom of, or you know, any kind of questioning of of economic growth as a as, as a model is sort of being pushed to one side. Um, and you're you're promoting something which is about bringing. Uh, bringing food production very much to the forefront uh, in urban areas. How do those two things sit alongside each other? Do you, do you see that there's an openness to thinking beyond the current economic model or are you very much having to work within it?
0: Well, uh, people uh, generally don't see the economic potential of all this, including such a thim- simple thing as rainwater harvesting, how much money can come in into the, uh, to the sector, how much livelihood and employment can be provided how much innovation can be fostered, people designing wonderful systems of filtering rainwater, or separating the first rain, and so on and so forth. But when the numbers are stacked up, it really starts to show you that you could get into what's called the green economy mode uh, very easily. And that productivity need not necessarily be sacrificed at the cost of the environment and so on and so forth. And the fact remains that in India there is... A really huge water crisis. So, climate is seen more through the, and climate change is more seen through the lens of water a lot more by population. And so, if you're able to figure out solutions for people and demonstrate it, I think the government would necessarily come in line with it and wouldn't necessarily, not necessarily be in conflict with it.
1: So, you, when when I saw you speak in Amsterdam, you talked a bit about, um, the potential of growing rice on roofs in terms of feeding the city. Could you give them, yeah. could, could you give us a taste of, of, uh, of, of the potential of this or where what would be your vision of, of how far this could go?
0: The roof area of Bangalore is about, uh, the total city area of Bangalore is about 800 square kilometers of which about 60% is roofs. So there's something like uh, 1.8 uh, 1. 8 million properties And if uh, all of them start to grow rice on the rooftop, the city can actually be a net exporter of rice. That's the potential at the the ultimate end. Uh, One doesn't see that happening, but one definitely sees smart roofs, growing roofs, productive roofs, harvesting rain, using solar energy, absorbing waste streams and nutrient streams as a distinct possibility for the city.
1: And what are the obstacles
0: that you need to overcome in order to in order to move towards that? Seriously, it's it's just a question of uh, a small, ginger group and an interest group starting to spread uh, the work, as it is already happening, and uh, a bit of a skill set. It requires a. If you just want to grow rice on the rooftop, that's possible. But if you want to put in greywater systems, or if you want to put in ecosand systems uh, as nutrient flows for the rice, then it ne- it needs a lot of. Uh, skills to be able to do that, and that is not enough, available enough in, in Bangalore right now. So growing that would be important. And in terms of, in terms of kind of selling the idea,
1: I suppose, is, is, is the angle, is the most persuasive argument around climate, around the environment, around public health, around saving money, around biodiversity,
0: what, what catches most with people? No, I, I think the it's the simpler ideas, not the slightly complex ones of climate change. It's it's about growing your own food and uh, having fun doing that. And then being able to do it with limited resources and limited money, not really needing big money to do it and having fun on the way. I think that's the the best hope. Especially it resonates a lot with the, the younger people who populate uh, Bangalore a lot. People from the IT sector uh, who participate more for the fun and the knowledge that uh, growing food gives them.